Sports. Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Green Bay Packers. This is the Packers Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Packers Wire editor, Zach Cruz. Zach, for those listening to our podcast last week, this is kind of what we expected. The Packers got it right, right? Uh, dominated on third down, scored touchdowns in the red zone, four for four, no turnovers, no sacks. Hopefully people jumped on that minus three Packers line. You know, they easily <laughs> right. covered, as you discussed uh, last week, and I agreed with. So it was a get-right spot for the Packers, and that's kind of what we saw. Yeah, I think that this is exactly how you want a team to respond after, you know, getting beat down last week in Tampa Bay. You know, they didn't have a, a couple of their key players, uh, David Bakhtiari, uh, Aaron Jones, because of injury, but you know, they still started fast, got out to a big lead. It was 21 nothing and a half, and then they kind of cruised to an easy win. So I do think good teams have to be able to rally in these kind of situations and, you know, just take care of business against a struggling team, and that's what they did. So the offense scored points, you know, pretty easily despite not having those two guys. Defense played really well against a good quarterback. So I'm not really sure if we learned anything about this team. You know, I, I think we know they can beat up on a bad team, but you know, it's still, still a good win, a good get right win for uh, Matt LaFleur's team. Yeah, hopefully we know they just don't suck as much as they did against the Bucks, right? <laughs> they can exactly. you know, better football team than they put on that on that field. I think we all know that. I think one thing the Packers fans have to love was how good Devontae Adams looked. You were tweeting all about it during the game and afterwards. You know, just kind of Rodgers just peppered him 16 targets, went to him like on almost every third down, it seemed like, or mm-hmm. at least every third down where they got a first down or a touchdown on, right? 13 catches, 196 yards, two TDs. I mean, this is the guy that I expected to see all year long dominating. Uh, maybe he wasn't full speed yet against the Bucks. He looked really, really, really good in this game. And you were showing, you you even tweeted some videos of him coming off the line. He was just dominant oh, in yeah. this game. And yeah. That, how great of a sign is that, that Adams is is back to kind of his full speed, true form? Yeah, I, I think we know that he's, his, that hamstring is healthy now. Now, I, honestly, I think this was the best game of his career, which is, you know, that's saying something because he's been really good for a long time. I just think you saw his entire skill set on display. You know, like you said, he was killing guys off the line with releases, getting that instant separation, winning on third down. He had seven different third down conversions. That's just a crazy number for yeah, for, for, for one player in the game. You know, he caught the two touchdowns. He, he did some back shoulder stuff with Rodgers. A bunch of big plays. He had six catches of 15 or more yards. So, yeah, I thought it was a really incredible performance. And, yeah, the, the Hamstring definitely looks healthy after uh, you know he was dealing with that for a couple weeks. Really good sign. Yeah, I almost uh, I almost jumped. I had to stop myself from yelling at Bill Bill O'Brien, but it's not Bill O'Brien. It's Romeo Cornell now, right? <laughs> Romeo, Romeo, I, can you guard Devonte Adams on third down, my man? Come on, man. You're I, supposed I, to be a defensive guy. Yeah, I could not believe that they weren't sending double teams his way because he he was really just chewing up you know one on one man coverage for most of that game. So yeah, yeah let's... kind of an interesting strategy from the Texans there. <laughs> hey Romeo, let's stop let's stop doing whatever you were doing against Devontae Adams. Not working, exactly. Not working. Right. Another positive that we could take is maybe. I mean, I know we're playing the Texans, but. The Texans' offense is actually, they're, they're dangerous with Deshaun Watson, right? And Watson's numbers, you look at it on paper in fantasy football, a decent day. He, his numbers look right. good. A lot of it kind of came in garbage time, though. And mm-hmm. the Packers generated a lot of pressure, as you wrote about on the Packers wire. Got some sacks. Definitely looked better than they did against the Bucs. <laughs> Obviously looked better oh, yeah. than they did against the Bucks, But this is the unit that we got to see improvement in, whether it's guys in-house or whether it's at, you know a guy coming in at the trade deadline, which we could talk about a little bit here coming up. This is the unit that I'm really focused on, and it's good to see them against a dangerous quarterback, one of the top-paid players in the entire league, Deshaun Watson. Right. They really hemmed him in, held him to 20 points. That's a good day for them. 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I do think this was an encouraging performance from the defense overall. They shut out Watson and Texans in the first half. I think that that was really important. They got to jump out to a big lead and then play the way they want to they play. So, yeah, I think they pressured Watson early. You know, they caused some disruptions. And really a big takeaway for me is that they essentially took away the run game for the Texans. And the Texans, you know, they kept trying to run it for whatever reason, but they took the run away and they've actually been really improved against the run, you know, especially over the last month. I mean, they had a bad fourth quarter in Tampa Bay, but they've been pretty good against the run. So that's a big takeaway. I, I still don't think they're rushing the quarterback quite as well as last year. They they got those 13 pressures, I think 13, 14 pressures against Watson. But, you know, I, I think they can be better in that in that area. And, you know, if, if they can turn up the heat on these quarterbacks and stop the run, you know, this definitely was a step in the right direction for this group overall. Yeah, no doubt. What is that? Romeo Cornell watching the NFC Championship game last year and be like, oh, oh look, yeah. they can't stop the run. Let's. This is our game plan. Here we go. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, come on, Romeo, you're killing me. You just not, yeah, I can't. Not get it done. Again, I can't believe they, they 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 pretty much took Deshaun Watson out of that game, especially early with how much they were running it. So yeah, a really weird game plan from the Texans overall. My guy Marcus Mosier from the Raiders Wire. Uh, he's all about. He's all over Twitter. I don't know if you know Marcus, but he's all over Twitter yep. talking about running backs oh, yeah. don't matter. He had to have been tweeting on Sunday about Jamal <laughs> Williams. I mean, he he got himself into the running backs don't matter conversation. Huge game, looked oh, yeah. really good. The offense really didn't take any step back with Jamal Williams running the football. And this is interesting with Aaron Jones on the last year mm-hmm. of his rookie deal, right? I mean, this is a storyline, yep. Zach. That Packers are going to have a decision to make, and they also drafted AJ Dillon, obviously, in a pretty right. high draft pick. So. That's going to be interesting what they do with Aaron Jones. I mean, we all love Aaron Jones. He's a great talent, but Packers have some depth now at that position we're seeing. Yeah, I, first of all, I totally agree with Marcus. I think, you know, paying running backs is a very, very risky thing to do in today's NFL. So I, I do think we need to add the caveat here that the Texans are a terrible defense. <laughs> That's true. Especially against the run. Yes, but yeah, caveat. Like, like you said, <laughs> this, this was a really interesting game for the running back situation because Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are actually free agents after this year. And I really doubt the Packers are going to be able to pay him both. So I think we got a taste of what it could, you know, what it could look like with Jamal as the lead back in LaFleur's offense. And it really was a positive performance. You know, he's not as dynamic as Jones, but he runs hard. You know, he makes plays as a receiver. He's a really good blocker. He's just a useful player overall. And like you said, Packers drafted A.J. Dillon. And he's, you know, he's probably going to be a big factor, you know, starting next year. So I do think the question becomes for them, you know, do they want to pay Jones a bunch of money or do they want to, you know, maybe bring back Jamal Williams at a, you know, a cheaper price and just use him and, and Dylan has the one-two punch. So from a talent standpoint, I, I totally get it. Jones is a much better player. He's he's more dynamic. He's probably a better fit in the offense. But, you know, Jamal, he, you know, he's a useful player and he might be a better fit financially for this team, you know, long-term. No doubt. Might be a discount player right there. So I like it. We'll have to follow exactly. that story. Yep. One more week of games, Zach, and then the trade deadline is going to be uh, right yep. on the horizon. So it's going to be fun, too. I think this week is going to turn a lot of teams either into buyers or sellers. A lot of them are either going to fall off the playoff hunt or really think that they're going to you know stick around in it. So this is a big swing week across the league. But the Packers, they got some potential targets out there. I want to get Zach's take on that coming up next. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit them, start them. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends at a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com. 
Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here. Let's talk about Week 8 strong plays as we approach the critical time of the fantasy football season. Despite what has been an awful season for Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz, now is the time to get him into your lineup. The Dallas Cowboys are actually a statistically mid-range defense against quarterbacks in 2020, but the position has still averaged 25.5 fantasy points per game and has thrown 15 touchdowns in 7 contests versus just 1 interception. Wentz has been a turnover machine in 2020. Expect that trend to be bucked this week. He has just enough weapons to be relevant in a fantasy football lineup. Not much has gone right for the New England Patriots on either side of the ball in 2020. Running back Damian Harris could be the bright spot this week against the Buffalo Bills. Injuries have plagued this defense, and Buffalo has given up 15% more fantasy points than average in the last three games, fueled by four touchdowns allowed in those three contests. With Cam Newton struggling so much throwing the ball, look for Bill Belichick to give it to the running game more than usual. The Seattle Seahawks have been a wealth of fantasy points for wide receivers in 2020. 49ers receiver Brandon Ayuk has a chance to shine in Week 8. Seattle has been hilariously bad against wide receivers in 2020, giving up 60.1 PPR points per game. The next closest team is Cleveland at 48.3. San Francisco just lost Debo Samuel for a couple of games with a hamstring injury last week, and you can bet Ayuk, who has been a consistent contributor as a rookie, will find various ways to perform up to par in fantasy football in Week 8. Seattle has to focus on containing George Kittle, and that will give a lot of opportunities for Ayuk to use his speed down the field. Chicago Bears tight end Jimmy Graham gets a rematch against his former employer, facing the New Orleans Saints. Tight ends have scored once a game on average versus this defense, and four different players have logged at least a dozen PPR points against New Orleans in 2020. Graham doesn't even need a lot of volume in this one to offer a better-than-average chance at finding the end zone in Week 8. For all of your fantasy football tips, information, news, and advice, be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, Zach, if the Packers want to hang and, and try to compete for that number one spot, that first round bye, maybe they could add someone to the roster. So who tops your wish list as the uh, trade deadline's coming up here? Yeah, I, I know we talked last week about the trade deadline and how the Packers probably won't be making a big move just you know based on their financial situation this year and next year. But there is one guy who I think could be a, a dream target. I just Let's wrote about it. him today. Let's do it. And he, he's, he's probably not a name most are going to expect, but I do think – Cowboys receiver Michael Gallup could be mm. an awesome, awesome target for I like them. It. You know, just consider this stuff. Dallas is struggling. They just lost their quarterback. Probably a dead team for this year. The Cowboys already have two stud receivers. They got Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, first-round pick. So this is a bad team with a good position that has some surplus. So maybe they'd be interested in, you know, if the Packers were willing to give up like a day-two pick, maybe a round two or round three pick. Mm. You know, the Cowboys get a, get a high pick. They can start their rebuild on defense or the offensive line or wherever. You know, Mike McCarthy thinks they need help, but I, I think Michael Gallup could be a, a difference maker. He's he's really cheap the next two years. That's the big thing. He's got a really manageable cap numbers the next two years, so that's a great fit for the Packers. And I I do think he could be a you know potentially perfect number two option behind Devontae Adams. Yeah, I saw your tweet too. It, it, don't talk about a trade unless it's going to fit under the cap, and it makes sense, right? So that's one that'll fit under yeah. the cap, right? Uh, it really has to. Yeah, it really has to fit because they have like six million in cap room this year, and they got to pay a bunch of guys next year. So any trade that you know doesn't factor in what that's going to do their cap this year and next year it just doesn't make make any sense yeah i i like that if if mike mccarthy and the cowboys aren't trying to get every draft pick they can for 2021 then what the hell are they doing right. over there at this point come on yeah i agree they're, they're gonna need some you know some high picks to they pretty much need to rebuild that defense i feel like especially the the secondary so and maybe the offensive line too because they got a ton of injuries up front so yeah yeah i can see i could see the cowboys be interested if you know the packers were willing enough to give a a good pick for them well, speaking of Packers wide receivers, it sounds like Alan Lazard is going to practice this week. Um, I know you yep. just came out of the pressers. 
for the Packers. Any news on Lazard and, and what do you think his chances are of uh, getting back on the field? Because if they can get him opposite Adams, Packers are rolling whether they get Gallup or not. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Matt LaFleur said he's he's going to start practicing this week and he was on the practice field on Wednesday. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure if he's going to be back this Sunday, but, you know, they could be shooting for that that next week. They play Thursday night in San Francisco after this week. So when you when you designate a guy off IR, you do get 21 days. So they're going to you know, they're going to have a couple weeks to figure it out. But it, it sure sounds like Alan Lazard's going to be coming back here soon. So what do you think about the NFC playoff picture right now, Zach? Like, it is just so interesting. So the Packers are in first place. Thank you, Arizona Cardinals, for that nice victory <laughs> over the Seahawks, right? You got the right. Bucks. Uh, so, you know, I know the Packers fans don't want to talk about the Bucks. They're sitting there in third place. The Eagles are your fourth seed, which is just an embarrassment. <laughs> you know, just an embarrassment. <laughs> Two, four, and one. Cringeworthy, the Eagles in the, the fourth seed. Then you got the Bears, the uh, the fake Bears. You know, they're, they're not a real playoff oh, team, yeah. but they're sitting there at five and two. We saw against the Rams. They're not. A, they're not a real playoff contender. Get out of here. The defense scored more points. The Chicago Bears defense <laughs> scored more points than Nick Foles of the offense in that game. Pathetic. The Cardinals sitting in that sixth seed, like they're dangerous. I, I'm. I'm. I'd be nervous about Kyler Murray. I would not want him coming to my home stadium during the playoffs. Right. And then you got the Rams at five and two. I think. The Saints are outside looking in right now, but I, I think we all think the Saints are going to be in there. The Niners, they seem to be kind of finding their rhythm. And once they get healthy, who knows? They could definitely make a run. So this is shaping up to be a really, really interesting NFC uh, playoff pitcher. You know, what do you think about it? What, like, what's your take on it right now? I mean, there's so many teams with five wins. It's like out of control. Yeah, the, the NFC is is certainly loaded. I mean, you, yeah, you just ran through the standings there. And, you know, there's seven or eight teams that look capable of, you know, beating anybody in any any given week. So I do think the Bears are definitely pretenders. And, <laughs> right. and you know, you know who, who really cares about the NFCs? But I, yeah, I think Packers, Seahawks, Bucks, Cardinals, Rams, I think 49ers, they're definitely going to be there. Yeah, so I think out, that's a so talented yeah, team. Yeah. Saints are still really talented. This is just a really deep conference. You know, like you said, if, if the season ended today, the Saints and 49ers don't even be in the playoffs. That's just that's just crazy. Both those teams won 13 games last year. And I, I still think they're both really talented. So I think the takeaway here is that getting the number one seed in the NFC is going to be absolutely huge. Huge. Uh, yeah, I don't think you want to be playing a first round game, even if you're at home against, you know, one of these other, you know, really talented teams coming into your place. Like you said, Kyler Murray coming into your place. I don't think anyone wants that. So, yeah, I think the Packers, you know, they need to take care of business these final two months because they want to be playing at home in January and they definitely don't want to be playing that first round game. Yeah, so coming up next, I want to look at the Packers schedule a little bit. We'll definitely look at the Vikings game here coming up at home, but the Packers got a I kind of like their schedule moving forward. They got a couple scary games, but Zach and I will take a look at that coming up next. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of Sportsbook Wire and Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm joined by Jeff Clark to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 8 Monday Night Football matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New York Giants. The Bucks at five and two are favored by ten and a half points with minus one fifteen odds. The Giants one and six are getting ten and a half points at home minus one hundred six odds. They're also plus three ninety on the money line. Jeff, is there any way listeners can take the Giants in this game? Oh, absolutely. I'm on the Giants plus 10.5. Tampa Bay will be without uh, one of its best wide receivers in Chris Godwin. And the Giants have covered seven over the last eight when getting double digits since 2004, including earlier this year against the Los Angeles Rams, who are a good team. Get out of here. The Giants offense, an absolute mess. The Bucks. 
They have won every game by at least seven points, four by at least 14 points, five different leading receivers. That Giants defense doesn't have it to stop them. Subscribe to Bet7 Podcast on your favorite app. Please be sure to rate and review. So games that scare me right now, Zach, looking at the Packers' schedule as we start to you know, kind of gauge their chances of holding off a team like the Seahawks, holding off a team like Tampa Bay, which will have a tiebreaker against them. At San Francisco in a couple weeks, that's a little scary. I don't love that matchup. That's that's going to be a tough one, and that's going to be a, a test of metal type of game. Yep. And you know, later on, they get the Titans at home. That'll be a really interesting game, right? <laughs> we'll see if the Packers could stop the run in that game, right, when the Titans oh, yeah. come to town. So I, I, you sure. know, I look at that, I circle 49. Niners, I circle Titans, but man, I look at this week against the Vikings. I really think the uh, Packers should win that ball game. A couple weeks after the 49ers, they play the Jags at home. This should be a blowout win. I'm not a big believer in the Colts, so even on the road against the Colts, I like the Packers to win that ball game. Bears, get out of here. You know, I don't think the Bears are going to win. <laughs> Eagles, get out of here. Lions, we know what happens when the Packers play the Lions. Panthers, so I don't. There's a lot of winnable games. This, the schedule seems yeah. to be shaping up pretty well, as you said right before the break. There, Packers take care of business against these really good teams. Feast on the teams they should. They should beat. I mean, they're sitting in the top seed right now, and it it's in play. It's in play for the Packers. They play six of their last ten at home. I think that's going to be a big deal. I do think they're going to be favorites in a lot of these games. I think if we're confident that they can handle these bad teams, you know, that's going to give them wins over Vikings, Jags, you know, probably the Eagles, probably the Bears, probably the Panthers. So you know, just right there, that's getting you to 10, 11 wins. Like you said, that game against the 49ers, I do think that is a huge game. I'm not sure this team has been tested other than the Tampa Bay game, and they massively failed. That test so i'll be very interested to see how they perform it's a short week got to go on the road back out to san francisco where they got clobbered twice last year so i think that that's gonna be a huge game if they can win that game and come out of this next two game stretch you know with two wins i I do think they're going to be the front runner with, for the number one seed. That Titans game is going to be a tough one. You know, going to Chicago, the last game of the year, that I imagine that's going to be a tough game. No one wants to be in Chicago that time of year. Right. But yeah, th- this schedule looks very manageable. I, if they don't have any big hiccups or injuries and they take care of business at home, I, I do think this is probably going to be a 12 and 4 or 13 3 team when it's all said and done. And that's yeah. probably going to be good enough for the one seed it, to get it, to 13 and 3. It definitely could. I, I see the Bucks and the Seahawks slipping up here. You know, they're, they're, they're not going to win out. There's no doubt about right, it. I think, right. the only, I think the only team that has a chance to win out right now is the Chiefs, to be honest with you. And that's, yeah. and that's on the other side, obviously. So, yeah, I, th- I think I called the 49ers game a test of your medal, right? I, uh, yeah, that's I, a great way of putting it. Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, forget the Titans. Like, the 49ers are the team that's going to test your run defense. It's going to test everything. Shanahan's going to come in here, and that guy just gets it. He's just a really good coach. And it doesn't matter what kind of injuries they've got or what they're dealing with. I, mean, I just watched them flatten the Patriots last week over here in New England. So if the Packers could like man up, step up to the 49ers, win that game on the road, you know, and handle their run game and, and come out with a W. Whew, boy. Yeah. 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 I think I think we're, we're really having a discussion about the Packers being the top team in the it, NFC favorite. Yeah. I, I think we know the Packers are a good team, but if they can beat the, the 49ers, I think we'll know for sure that they're like a legit contender for the Super Bowl. So, yeah, that's a huge game for me. What do you think about this week against the the Vikings is just a division rival. They already played this year over there. What's kind of your main thought on this as you're uh, getting ready to put your stuff out there on the Packers wire? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what Mike Zimmer can pull out of his hat coming off a bye against Aaron Rodgers. I yeah. think, you know, that, that that's going to decide the game. You know, the Vikings, they can't get a turn around in defense. The Packers are probably going to steamroll them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what Mike Zimmer has, you know, coming out of the bye. That's a lot of time for, for a guy like Mike Zimmer to be cooking up stuff. So, Rodgers has gotten him a few times in the past, but he's generally been, been very good against Aaron Rogers. So yeah, that's the matchup I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it should be good. Should be good. So all right, Zach, we're looking forward to your uh, content. Have a great week. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you next time, right? All right, Ryan. Thanks a bunch. 
This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.